Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Blue Wire. All right, guys. Well, shall we get started? We are recording this um, as well for our typical download and release um, for tomorrow. So you guys can all catch this. If you can't stay the whole time, you'll find us um, on your podcasting platform tomorrow. So um, we're going to get started. This is episode 31. So welcome, everyone, to That's What B Said. We are coming at you live via Twitter and Periscope. I am joined by my fellow co-hosts, who you can see uh, Miss Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View. Hey, Britt. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Wave to the people. And Miss Meredith Kane at MK on Sports. Hi, Mayor. Hello. As I Hi. play with the hearts on the Twitter Periscope, because they're oh, fun. Yeah. All of the hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It actually is a lot of fun. Um, well, Brittany had a birthday last week, and uh, we have a fun show lined up today we're going to talk a little bit about sports of course um per our mo but we have to recap britney's birthday bash on saturday because uh we had a good time at top golf and we have a lot of things to talk about so you guys know saturday was beautiful it like the weather was just perfect uh we couldn't have asked for a better day um and a better time and uh the girl gang got together met at top golf we had a few beverages responsibly and we played some golf Brittany's brother got to come um Mm -hmm. our guy APJ on Twitter also showed up um to hang out with us so uh we had a blast I listen listen (laughs) Ange crushed it like she She was so good at golf showed up and just dropped bombs on all of us like it was effortless and i hope Ange is listening my favorite part was when she beat britney's brother oh yeah <laughs> and he, got, and he got mad about it poor jeremy <laughs> although he was like to be fair he was mad about it for about two seconds and he was like yeah it's fine <laughs> yeah no, like then- i don't know how She's so good. Okay, so like, let me remind everyone, this is my first time golf. I've never swung a golf club before. (laughs) And you know what? It is so much harder than I even anticipated it being because everything about it is like so awkward. I, I, like I'm trying, as I'm trying to hit it, I'm envisioning myself doing it. So the thought of (laughs) something about doing this just, and then I lose all of it. (laughs) <laughs> and like, and then it just, you know, I was not good. I was not good, but I you do want to try. I want to try missed. again. I want to try again because I think with practice, maybe I can be average. That is what we are striving for. <laughs> we'll have to. Not for mediocrity. We'll have to plan another outing soon so we can have more practice. Well, yes. for those that don't know about Top Golf, because they're actually still people that have never went to top golf before um and well you can play different games first of all like there's different types of games you can put on the screen but we played like the easiest game I would say which is like you just 
want to hit targets. Like there's all these targets out in the, in the, whatever you call it, the range. And your Mm -hmm. whole goal is to just hit it and land in a target. And there's like a target that's like directly down below. And then there's ones that are obviously like 200 yards out and they're all worth different points. But I thought it was hilarious because number one, Meredith, like every time she would go up, she was like, I can't even hit a target for the life of me. Meanwhile, there's a target that like, you could literally just throw the ball in, but Meredith just like, she was avoiding the targets. And then Brittany- I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just, I have no aim. You guys, if I was a dude, I would be in so much trouble because I can't aim worth shit. <laughs> no, Meredith, you were like a hockey player playing golf. <laughs> I, was, I told then, you I was going to be happy Gilmore. I told 100%, you. 100%, you were just like, I'm going to hit this like a hockey puck. And then Brittany was pretty much like a softball player trying to hit a goal, which I feel like a lot of people are like the swing is it was so weird to me I yeah, could not it, get used to it but I heard that because I have long arms I might be okay at it if I keep trying although that has not worked with like basketball which is supposed <laughs> to help and like whatever else with, but I'm gonna keep going um somebody said that they have like professional golfers there where you can oh. take lessons mm-hmm. well yeah. The other thing we have to address is we're in the car and um, Jenna was there as well and me, Brittany, and Meredith. Okay, that was the girl gang that was there. We would have loved to have had more in the girl gang. We'll do it again. Um, So we're like waiting in the car for our reservation. (laughs) Me, Ange, and Jenna all pull out our golf gloves. Like we are like 100% professionals, like rolling up to top golf with our golf club. Brittany immediately panics and is like, I don't have a golf glove, you guys. Like what? You guys all have golf gloves? Like, where's my golf glove? I so didn't that even was... know that was a thing. Like, you guys come out and you're just like, oh, let me strap this on real quick. <laughs> no big deal. And I'm like, what the hell's happening? I thought we were just going to come, like, it's putt putt or something. Meredith, did you have your, did you have, you had a glove too, right? Uh, I do. I didn't bring it with me. Okay. Because I didn't think about it. I probably should have brought it with me. Yeah, I told you, because uh, I told you all my stuff. So when I played softball, I was obsessed with all my stuff matching. So everything had to be. Oh, yeah, you could have brought your batting glove. Yeah, so everything had to be black and hot pink. So I do have gloves that are black and hot pink. So Yeah, so I think Brittany was a little bit intimidated at first because of our golf gloves. And then I got up and I immediately whiffed on my first swing. And then I I think I hit my second one, like literally just fell into the netting. So like that was my first two shots with the golf gloves. And then you dominated like everything. No, 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 no. Yes, you did. I did okay on the first round. On the first round, but then like, I literally fell off a cliff. I was like, I don't know. How would I? I was like the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the Browns versus the Ravens in week four. That was my first game. And then my second game was the balance of the year. Like that is exactly what it was like. And you were like the Browns the first 15 plays of every game. And then the yeah, second the game series. was like. <laughs> And was like the Ravens last year where everybody underestimated them. And then Lamar Jackson was the MVP and they were insane. Like that, that was like, and Meredith and Brittany, like if you had to compare your game to an, to an NFL team, (laughs) who would my, okay. My game would be like the XFL, (laughs) not even the NFL. (laughs) Meaning it's, it was entertaining and funny and kind of looked similar but it just wasn't quite the same <laughs> that was really good <laughs> i like that Brittany, 
Mine was kind of like the Browns 2017 season where like you knew it was going to be bad, <laughs> but maybe, maybe it was just a little bit worse than you anticipated <laughs> if that was possible. Cause like there was a little tiny part of me that was like, you know what? Maybe I'm just going to be good at this. <laughs> love that attitude. I love that. You that is 100% when, 2017 no, no, no. Browns. No, you see what happens when I believe in myself. This is, I just, I disappoint. So now I'm just going to say that I'm terrible at everything, go into everything, like I'm going to be bad. So then maybe if I'm like average, I'll be like, I'm a champion. (laughs) Brittany is a Deshaun Kaiser top low. (laughs) (laughs) The nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Last week you were Kevin Durant. This week you're Deshaun Kaiser. I'm I'm really losing some steam, I think. I don't know. Has Kevin Durant ever swung a golf club? We need to find that video and just do a compare, a quick comparison. That would be um, amazing. Probably. I feel like every professional athlete plays golf. Like that's their thing, right? Probably either golf or like anything at casinos, <laughs> like poker and stuff. I heard that Russell Wilson <laughs> is like super, like he might actually have a problem. <laughs> what? Gambling? Yeah. Is he like Michael really? Jordan? Yeah, like I guess everywhere he goes, he like gambles. Like he's wow. he goes to like the Jack when he's in Cleveland all the time. And huh. oh, I had Did no not idea. Know that. No. See, I've I have all the sources, guys. <laughs> People underestimate my sources. Really? <laughs> I have no sources. <laughs> Just, <laughs> someone randomly told me this one day. <laughs> I was like, you personally know Russell and Sierra? <laughs> God, how awesome would that be? Uh yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we had a wonderful weekend and, um, you know, I, <laughs> I'm going to get emotional. I woke up on Sunday morning and then I reflected on how good of a day it was. Cause we also went to the Cleveland sign, which was just amazing, which is amazing. We, we took a field trip to the Cleveland sign. I had never been there before. Um, a couple of people hadn't been there before, but we wanted to take a picture with the girl gang. And then I woke up on Sunday on father's day specifically, and my husband wasn't there. So then I started reflecting on my friendships. Um, and I just wanted to talk about this a little bit because I had friends obviously in high school, went to college in Columbus, Ohio. So like moved away from my hometown, which a lot of people just didn't move away from the hometown. So like most people, I lost touch with the, with the girls that I went to high school with. Um, just based on growing apart. And then I made a group of college friends that I would say were probably girls that didn't share the same moral values as myself in that they cared a lot about their outward appearances, um, really just wanted to like put on a show, um, clout chasers. And we're going to talk about that a little bit too. Um, And we also had just some other things happen where I just couldn't trust them. So I obviously did not keep in contact with them post-college and they used to always like give me a hard time for liking sports, watching sports, playing sports, working out, running. I mean, I I was a tomboy, but also a little bit girly. And I was just thinking that in this stage of my life, in my thirties, I feel like I've found the best group of friends I could ever ask for. And it all started on the internet and Twitter specifically. And now here we are part of us doing this like podcast together and you guys share the same interests as me and you accept me for who I am. And I'm just so thankful for all of you. I know. And this was like me on a Sunday morning and then I made a TikTok about it. Oh, that video is true. That made me cry. I probably watched it like 50 times. I watch (laughs) it 
I watch it every day. And like, I, I mean, you guys know what's going on with me because I had like, I didn't have a great day today. And you guys know, cause I told you and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, if I had just watched that video five more times today, I would have been in such a better mood. <laughs> I don't know guys. It's just, I just think about how much more comfortable I am at this age in my life than mm. I ever was in my twenties. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but it's just, I don't know. It just made me realize that you can meet people and, and develop friendships at this stage and they can be real, very real. For sure. And I was talking, like my brother, he lives in North Carolina and I lived down there for about five years or so. And we, we talked about like how incredibly difficult it can be to make friends as adults, especially like, you know, if you're in a new place, like yeah. You didn't know anyone there and you just moved down. And it's very hard to like find people with common interests that just like accept you. And I don't even know why. There's not really like a, a yeah. next, a, I don't know why that is. But like I only made probably like two friends and they were like ladies in their like 50s or 60s. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, that's I, yes, I still talk to them today, but like that's pretty much it. Like, you know, acquaintances, sure. And, you know, we're friends on Coworkers. Facebook or whatever. And like they'll tell me happy birthday and like that's fine. But like, you know, strong friendships, like they're so hard to come by. And let me just say, with all the crap that we take on social media, I would take a hundred billion Dales in my mentions every day if the end result was meeting great people like you guys. Like I really, you guys, you make every day better. Yeah. So thank you. I know, like anytime I see like a message in our group text that includes Jenna and Angie, like I, if I look at my phone and I see that there's a text, I'm like, oh, I just get so excited. I was like, oh my God, another text from my girls. Like, but I will say this about meeting people from Twitter. So it's actually kind of interesting. Um, my first big girl job out of college was in DC, which is where I was born and raised. So I already had a, an established group of friends there that I had grown up with. Um, and a lot of people from Virginia Tech tend to get jobs in the DC area. It's, it's pretty natural. And it was kind of weird that the people from college from Virginia Tech that I hung out with in DC after graduation were not really people that I met at school. They were people that I met through Twitter. Like we have this, we called it the, the hokey circle or something like that. And it was just this group of like 10 or 15 people and we were just always interacting with each other on Twitter about hokey football or culture or life or things going on in DC. And then one of them started organizing meetups and it became a thing where that became like the tightest group of friends I had in DC. And I still talk to some of them. Like I'm not super close with all of them, but I would say like two or three of them I still talk with every single day. And it was all something that came out of, of Twitter. So this is like, I don't know. There's just like something special about meeting people through Twitter, I think. Yeah. I mean, you get to find like your people and, and obviously like following people that share the same interests with you, talk about the same things. Um, but yeah, I just, I was so happy because I'm a mom obviously. And it's really hard to meet people, especially when your life is consumed by little rugrats running around all day long. And my husband, when we moved here from Columbus, um, he found a group of guys that he golfs with all the time. So like he kind of mm -hmm. had already found his, his group of people. And I just felt like I had my sister, which is great. I'm super close with my sister. I just didn't have this group of friends. And I'm just like, 
again, I'm just so happy. And it was so much fun on Saturday and I can't wait to do it again. And we're already talking about another trip and it just and makes me s'mores happy. night. Yes. Yes. Yeah. S'mores night. S'mores night. Yes. It's happening next, next Thursday. We're going to yes. get together. Um, no athletic competition, although Ange can golf if she wants to, um, there if she go. feels yeah. so inclined. <laughs> she we can should kick our play cornhole. Oh yeah. Ooh, Does yeah. anyone have boards? We had to get rid of oh, ours. They rotted. I think I Jenna know. does. All right, great. Jenna, let's go. All right. I call <laughs> Brie on my team because I'm not getting done. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. Um, I mentioned like this. A- I wish I had like a shuffleboard because you know we saw there's a shuffleboard in the corner of Top Golf and I said to Bree, I was like, oh, it's bar curling. Wish we could do that. I thought you meant like the legit like shuffleboard. Oh no no, like, the, like the, the I one, was like, no, that's like the old people version, like yeah. the one that's that what like I you see you meant. I was like Meredith, where are you going? This is a slippery no, the, slope here. The one that you you have in the bars with like little hand pucks that you push down. Yeah, the, th- that's really fun. That's yeah. really fun. Yeah. Um. So speaking of, I mentioned clout, the word clout earlier, talking about my college friends. Um, and we, w- we just wanted to talk about this again, because um, Brittany, I know you were the one kind of bringing this up prior to going live here, but we just want to talk about clout. What does it mean? Does it actually get you anywhere? Because we've just noticed as users on Twitter, females in Twitter talking about sports, oftentimes females get called out for clout chasing more than anyone else, I would say. Yes, absolutely. Like I, I saw somebody that we kind of know, I think it was last week. Uh, they said something, they sent out a tweet that was like, you know, anytime a female talks about sports, it's just for, you know, clout. Um, it's like get boys attention, right? That was like- yes. Yes. So that, that's a thing, I guess. No. Ladies, we can't talk about sports without trying to get male. Like, why can't we just male like attention? sports? What? Thank you. Yeah. This must have been my college roommate tweeting. This must have been her. <laughs> you know what she said to me one time? What? I was a I was a runner in college. Not like mm. for, not like I didn't run like on scholarship. I just ran for fun. Um she made a comment to me. She's like, your legs, like no wonder they look like that because you run. I was like, oh, I'm it looks sorry. like what? Like, like muscular. Athletic? Yes. Wow. Yes. Like, God, my God. God. Yeah, this is definitely my roommate tweeting. So I just, I hate that Twitter has ruined the word clout because it did used to mean something. So for example, what did especially- What mean? What is it? Can so, somebody explain this to me? Because I don't, like, you know, we make jokes like, I mean, they do anything for clout, blah, blah, blah. But like, I've been accused of this more than a few times. And I'm like, okay, especially during like specific times when I was accused of like clout chasing. So like, you know, I'd be like unemployed or, you know, broke, and they're like, oh, you're just doing, I'm like, what does clout get me? Because because I'm eating peanut butter for dinner, so tell me how much clout gets me in real life. So, I just want to know. So, <laughs> so this is, I guess, so I guess, like, my take on it, or at least the way I've heard it used before is influence. So, like, let's say in my industry, if you apply for a job, or if you're looking to get something added or taken out, whatever you want to do, if you don't have the clout, people aren't necessarily going to pay attention to you. But if you have someone who does have the clout backing you, then people will listen to you. And I think it it can go like that in personal life too. Like there was, I got a DM from a guy 
ones that Brittany knows. And so I like texted her and I was like, tell me what you know about this person. Because if Brittany gave him the okay, then I'd be like, all right, well, now I'm going to respond to this. But she was like, yeah, no, don't do that. So, you know, so I didn't respond. So it's- Brittany has clout. She does. She has clout with me. So if Brittany doesn't approve, sorry, you're not getting in my DMs. <laughs> you know, I so always, I think that's, aw, that's always what it meant really to me. That's really all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I associate clout a lot with, like, I think of like The Bachelor that, I hate that show, first of all, but I just think about like the girls that go on The Bachelor now, they're not necessarily going on there to find the love of their lives. They're going on there to essentially make a name for themselves and mm. find a different path for their life, which, you know what, like teach their own. Um, that's not something that I would want to do, but I will say I'm trying to catch all the clout on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, can I mention something? Because this is hilarious. So before Brie posted that super nice TikTok video in in our group message, she said, since no one would take a TikTok with me, (laughs) I made my own. And then she hit us with this super sweet video, but this, the message before, since nobody would make a TikTok with me, I just made one on my own. You're not wrong. And then I proceeded to spend a majority of my Sunday morning learning the Savage Dance specifically for TikTok, which by the way- I want to see this. I have no idea what this is. It has not debuted. I've not debuted this on my TikTok. I like- Are you going to? Part of me like And share it on Twitter because I'm still not on TikTok. Yes. I, I think I will. Part of me cringed a little bit, but then like my husband got home from his father's day golfing and I had to confess that I had just spent like the last hour learning a dance for TikTok. Mind you, I burned like 500 calories. So, and I was re- very there sore. You go. There so you go. it was a workout, but he was like, you have to show me. And I was go. like, am I really going to do this dance right now for my husband? <laughs> okay. I, I think TikTok Okay, so TikTok is, is definitely like skewing my perception of reality because I'm not I'm not good at doing makeup. Like I can get some basics and look okay. Lately, I've seen a lot of like makeup transformations on TikTok. And I'm like, oh my God, that looks so cool. I think I can do that. I should try that. Like, no, Meredith, like, have you looked in the mirror lately? You can't do makeup. Why are you thinking that you can do, why do you think you can be a part of makeup TikTok? I don't know. It's ruining my life. No, I mean, (laughs) listen, just get fake eyelashes. Get the eyelash extensions and you you never have to wear makeup again. Yeah, that's true. I I do need eyelash extensions. That's what I'm looking to. But no, there's, there's (laughs) this one. There's there's this one makeup TikTok. I've probably watched it a million times. I'm obsessed with it. It's so, so creative. And the girl who did it is like 14. I'm like, yeah, I'm so jealous. Like I'm like I'm like 30 and I can't do my makeup, and this girl's 14 and she looks incredible. Not fair. Yeah, there's some talented people on. Listen, my brother, my brother, when we were in the car. Oh wait, sorry, I'm like lagging right now. Hello. Hello. We can okay. hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yep. Okay. I have to tell everyone that when my brother got in the car, because we're talking about 14 year olds, he thought that Brie was 19 years old. <laughs> He's I love like, your brother. She's, she mm. mentioned something about being a mom. He's like, a mom? <laughs> First of all, okay, let's be honest. You showed up and I explained how you looked. She looked like J-Lo on Saturday. She had, she had the, big, hoops. the big hoop energy and she had the cute braids. I'm, t- I'm going to tweet a picture of you because I got oh my that God. cute one of you. 
that was a cute picture. I'm going to frame that, give it to my husband. But yes, I put on hoops, which I feel like I was wearing like a workout outfit. Big hoop energy. <laughs> I like that. Big hoop energy is such a great thing. It's a love thing. It. Yeah, it makes, it does make me feel like JLo a little bit. And I'll, I'll be you JLo like any day. J-Lo. Super Bowl JLo for sure. <laughs> JLo. All right, I'm tweeting it right now. Listen. Look at you. You look like, oh my gosh. Anne just commented braids. Listen, I've been obsessed. I just finally learned how to braid my own hair and I've just been doing it now nonstop. So you're going to be seeing those from me. I'm really jealous of that. I, I never learned how to braid. Also, my face isn't built for it. Oh my gosh. You, no, you can do braids. braids. No, so I have like a fat face. No, you don't. No, I'm, when, yeah, we, when we do s'mores night, I'm going to prove you wrong and braid, braid your hair. <laughs> Yes, and we can do each other's I will hair. prove you wrong, and you'll see my fat face. <laughs> no, I am going to- It would be a sight. I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to braid your hair, and you're going to look beautiful like normal. Oh, my oh. gosh. All right, Stop well, who right put now. in the rundown conspiracy corner? <laughs> oh, me. Okay, I, I, like, I, I laughed because I was like, who wrote down conspiracy corner? Listen, you guys missed out. I didn't want to bother you on Sunday night because I figured, well, you know, it was probably like 11, 1130 at night. And I was like, I can't bother them. So I bothered Jenna and I bothered someone else. (laughs) But I was sitting, I was laying in bed and I was minding my own business per (laughs) usual. This is how all my best stories start. And, you know, I was noticing the fireworks that I've been hearing every night. And then, like, I was scrolling through Twitter, and I saw this guy bring it up, and he's, like, an investigative reporter. Okay. Guys, we are under attack. What? Psychological warfare is here. The government is attacking us. And I haven't figured out all of the ins and outs of it, or why, or what, but I have it narrowed down between the government and the hillbillies as to who's setting off fireworks. Because it's been going off the since, government like, or the hillbillies. There is no in-between. <laughs> it's either the government, it's the feds, or it's the hillbillies. Somebody is doing this. Um, but then I texted Jenna. And, you know, she lives in, like, a really nice neighborhood. Um, and I was like, do, do you hear fireworks every night? And she said, no. She said, once in a while, I'll hear them. And then I texted my other, someone else who also lives in a very nice neighborhood. And he's like, no, but like, sometimes I'll hear them in Parma. I was like, all right, I live in, you know, trash land, USA, where the median income is probably like $20,000. And I hear them every night because I, we are poor people here. The government, it's either the government or the hillbillies. Somebody is doing this now. What do you guys think? This is my conspiracy face. <laughs> so it's hard to say. So I was scrolling through Instagram and I stupidly follow one of my exes still. Oh, why? Oh, because I'm because I'm a glutton for punishment. So on his story, he was setting off fireworks from is, his backyard. Is he a hillbilly or a fed? He is neither. <laughs> so Are you sure? um would a fed know. tell you they're a fed? Well, is I feel he like from Virginia, isn't that where Fed Fed is headquartered? Yeah, the Fed, FBI is headquartered in Virginia. It's at Quantico, it's right? McLean, McLean. Oh, okay. Um, Where's Quantico? Is that a thing? It's it, yeah, Quantico is near. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's there's um. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. FBI is McLean, and then I think CIA is is Quantico. Oh, okay. Okay. 
trying to remember. Yeah. Um, but no, I actually, he was someone that I dated here in Cleveland. Like he doesn't live too far from here at all. Like he's oh, like an so he's a Cleveland fed. Yeah. <laughs> Are there Cleveland feds? Does I think Cleveland- so. <laughs> Everywhere has a fed. A fed. Okay. Everywhere has feds. I think there's like a, they, they're everywhere. Like in, well, definitely in every state, I believe. Oh, someone, um, someone commented in the chat and said that could be wrong. I don't know. Who, I can't see this far. I don't know who said this, but could be wrong. But being as though this past weekend was Juneteenth, that celebrated the abolishment of slavery. That could be. Yes. Oh, okay. No, that is true. Um, but I, I was reading this article about New York City, and they said the complaints since Memorial Day, like all through June and stuff, have been like 600 times what they normally are for, you know, fireworks during this time. Hmm. And yeah, so like Juneteenth was, you know, a, a reason for it, you know, last Friday. But and guys, something's happening. So this is what happened. This is why I should not be allowed on my phone after like 11 o'clock because I'll be <laughs> sitting there and I'm just trying to go to sleep and then I'll find something. And it doesn't happen often, but once I find like a good conspiracy theory, like I'm all in on it. Like I oh. still think that we're living in a simulation. I still think that's true. Okay. I'm the same way. My The, the first time I got into this, um, well, first off, don't go on Mandela Effect Reddit because you'll never come I've off. I've been on it. I've <laughs> Uh, I I love Reddit too, but I would say the first time that I got way too deep in a conspiracy theory was um, probably back in like 2011 or 2012, and someone came up with the rumor that Lady Gaga and Beyonce are like head of the Illuminati. I spent Mm. hours on my computer looking up Illuminati, looking up like the symbolism that were Lady Gaga's music videos. Like I was obsessed. I'm still like kind of convinced that. Lady Gaga and Beyonce are not that they're a part of the Illuminati. I think they're running the damn thing. They might be. I think they are. I don't know, I don't know what the Illuminati is, but I believe in it. They're like a secret society that controls everything. Well, Maybe they're setting off the fireworks. Maybe it's Illuminati fireworks. They Could would be. never do that. It's <laughs> it's anyway, I don't want to get you guys too deep into this rabbit hole, okay? I just wanted to wake everyone up. Wake up, America. <laughs> literally, literally, wake up. I know, and like as you're saying that, I'm like hearing pops and cracks outside my apartment, and I'm like, "Are there?" Yeah, it's the feds and the hillbillies. They're conspiring against everyone. I don't think we. I don't think we have any. So, you know, pay attention, guys. (laughs) Open your third eye. Be vigilant. (laughs) Oh man! All right, should we shift into some sports? We do have a couple of sports things to talk about. Yeah, let's do that. It's in our podcast name, so maybe we should talk about it. Listen, (laughs) reminder: this is our podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. So. Um, We're going to talk about the Browns um, because Browns stay winning, you guys, this offseason. We continue to make moves that just make the Browns elite, elite offseason level. Um, In case you guys haven't heard, they hired two female scouts to their staff. Um, And for what it's worth, the Browns may not be able to win actual football games, but we do have to acknowledge that they lead the league in diversity and inclusion. Um, so they hired, uh, Riley Hecklinski, who was a former softball player at Indiana state. Um, and she is now on the team, um, as a scout. And then Kathleen Wood is the second. Um, she was the first female scout in the senior bowl last year. And she was previously a private investigator. So like talk about clout, like that's pretty impressive. So, 
Um, we just had to applaud the Browns for consistently stepping up to the she plate. She was a private investigator? Yes. Is that crazy? So she had like... I mean, that's, that's she, might be the, perf- the perfect person you want scouting your kids, right? That's right. Because not right. only is she checking out their football ability, she could probably also check out their ability to just be good people. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, oh no, is Brittany frozen? Did we lose Brit? Yeah, she looks a little frozen. <laughs> I was like, she's stuck. Um, come back, Brittany. There she is. Brittany, no, back. Okay, I'm back now. Okay, I was good. Like, I was like, you were frozen. for a second. Um, well, you didn't miss me say this, but you pretty much. Now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Double middle finger to the Dales. Take that, Dales. We need more Black people in the NFL in positions of power and more women. So put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, Jenna. <laughs> Jenna, yes. Can you imagine how much better the world would be if you put more Black people and more women in charge of things? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, and I, I've never wanted the Browns to be successful more than I do this year because – we already know that Andrew Barry is more than capable of his job. We already know that the, the women that the Browns have hired are more than capable. I believe the, the 49ers had um, a woman on their assistant coaching staff. So we know that women are, are capable of doing these jobs and being successful and that Andrew Barry is capable. And I just, like, I just don't want to hear it from the Dales, you know, because they, they're not going to go 16-0. and 0. So, like, I just don't want to hear from the Dales when the Browns have a bad game or when they lose and be like, oh, like, shut up. Yeah, Dales' penises are shrinking as we speak, like, just based on hiring two women. That's what's happening. I know. know. That's why I just, like, I want, I just want them to be successful. So, I'm just, I'm rooting for them so hard. I feel like even if I wasn't in Cleveland and, and a part of the community here and a part of the media I think from the outside looking in, I would still want the same thing. Like I would be looking at this team and saying, oh my God, I want this team to win so badly. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to touch on with the Browns is in regards to Baker Mayfield, um, our quarterback. Uh, He continues to make news outside of football and in my personal opinion, um, leading by example. So um, on Monday, he joined in um, some other notable athletes and celebrities by sending it penning a letter to the Oklahoma governor um, about Julius Jones, which if you don't know the story about Julius Jones, um, he is a black man that has been in jail since 1999, um, currently on death row for a crime that he claims he did not commit. Um, If you look into this case, you will uncover, um, definitely looks like some racial bias um, is in play with what has happened um, with him Um, There was a jury member that called him an N-word. One of the detectives on his case also called him an N-word. And this really started picking up steam over the last couple of years where a coalition was started. Um, And oddly enough, Kim Kardashian um, has kind of been the celebrity to kind of ramp this up. And now a lot of athletes that have some relation to Oklahoma have been writing letters to the governor, just urging them to take a second look at this because how horrible would it be if this man gets executed for a crime he did not commit? So again, if you want to talk about systemic racism, guys, this is a prime example of the system needing to have a deeper look at as what is going on. So Baker Mayfield, I applaud you for stepping up, using your voice, using your platform and your privilege to make a difference. And I know that he's probably going to take criticism 
and a lot of heat for this, but if we rewind a year ago, Baker was recording progressive commercials and acting a little bit immature online, responding to critics. So guys, I don't know about you, but I love that he is taking a stance here and he's on the right side of history. Yeah, and not to mention his teammates are going to remember that. Um, you know, that was kind of the trouble that that Drew Brees got into a few weeks ago when he misspoke about the flag and Colin Kaepernick's kneeling. And all of a sudden, his black teammates were like, wait, hold up. What are you saying about kneeling about the flag? And that's something that they're going to remember. It's like, okay, well, you're not understanding our fight. You're not understanding what we're trying to achieve. And that's a problem. Whereas Baker Mayfield is doing the exact opposite where he's you know, showing his black teammates that he is an ally and that he's going to use whatever power he has to help them out. So, you know, it's going to be, that's going to be a huge thing for just for the morale in the locker room, because that's what a leader does. Um, the transition and the growth that Baker has made in the past year, like, I don't think a year ago you would have heard him talking about stuff like this. I don't think a year ago he would have been taking these initiatives to really, you know, try to help things from the inside and use his platform and his power for good. And um, like, I, I look at that and I'm like, that's like quarterback. Cause it's like, it's, it's so touching. It almost brings tears to my eyes that finally it seems like he's getting it. Um, it's like a total 180 from where he was, you know, a year or two ago. And um, like, I can't say enough about how proud I am, not only him, but everyone else that's, you know, doing this and using their voice and trying to get justice. Because if you read, all the things about this story. I mean, there's just, there's so many things that don't add up and there's so many things that don't make sense. And, you know, I'm glad that they got this coalition together and they're working to, to bring justice for, you know, Julius. Uh, I hope it all works out. It would be a true tragedy if this man was executed um, without, you know, looking at all the things that, uh, all the holes that are missing. Um, but yeah, like as far as Baker's concerned, I I couldn't be more proud of him. And like, it's just, again, the Browns stay winning. Everything they're doing is giving me all the warm and fuzzies lately. Yeah, it's also nice to see the support of um, the coaching staff and Andrew Barry. So Kevin Stefanski has been very open um, in talking about wanting his players to be involved um, and mm -hmm outspoken on these issues because it's obviously something that impacts a lot of the members on the team. And I just love that he's encouraging them to get in the arena. Um, I believe is how he used that quote. And that's just refreshing to see. And I know we, we obviously talked about um, the race relations in the country a few episodes ago, and obviously they're still very much out there. And we're going to talk about um, NASCAR in a little bit. But it's just a really good reminder that this conversation isn't going to die down anytime soon, as it shouldn't. So if you are uncomfortable as a white person, good, you should be. And it is not a Black person's job to educate you and to make you comfortable with racism. So just a reminder to everyone, the system, the history is whitewashed to make white people feel good about themselves. These are uncomfortable conversations. We need to continue having them, continue pushing for it. And my goodness, if these athletes 
who have experienced this themselves want to continue talking about it, we should listen. So shut up and listen. Yeah. Shut up and listen. Like shut up and dribble, but <laughs> yeah, just different. shut up and listen, <laughs> but in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Delino DeShields, who is a new outfielder for the Indians spoke up about it. Um, he tweeted a story on Twitter. I want to say a week and a half ago um, when he was still playing for the Astros and I guess he and some friends were hitting some balls in the park and then they got into their car and started to drive away and someone had called the cops on, on him and his friends and he relayed his experience about, you know, the cops pulled them out of the car, didn't ask for identification, didn't tell them why they were being pulled over, accused them of having weapons. And after a whole ordeal, the cop finally asked, you know, what's your name? What's your ID? Can I see your ID? And Delano DeShields Jr. holds it out and gives it to the guy who was, and the guy looks at it and he said the tune completely changed. I was like, oh, I was a huge fan of your dad. Can I have, can I have an autograph? And Jr. is sitting there saying like, you were literally just roughing me up for no reason. But now that you realize that I play baseball and my dad played baseball, you're suddenly changing your tune. Like he, like, I'm sure it's, you can still find it on his Twitter feed. So if, if you haven't read the story, I highly recommend it. And I know that he's not the only black athlete who's had to go through something like that. So. Yeah, I'm sure he's not. Um, so we're going to move into NASCAR because um, Bubba Wallace is, Woo. yes, um, I'm a stan. <laughs> I actually a NASCAR show now. <laughs> I, hate, I know, I hate NASCAR, but like, that's what B said is getting into NASCAR. Um, I rage watched NASCAR yesterday because I was so mad at Major League Baseball. How do you news- rage watch NASCAR, Meredith? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, forget, I think I was, I think I was watching like Arrested Development or something like that. And then I look and then I get a break news alert on my phone and I look down and it's the players rejecting the owners from from Major League Baseball rejecting the owners um latest proposal I think they voted it down like 33 to 5 and I was just like mother I'm so mad and I was like you know what I'm gonna watch NASCAR (laughs) yes that's exactly (laughs) what it was I was like you know what there is sports on right now and they are driving really fast and they are turning to the left (laughs) and I'm gonna turn it on so I I turned on NASCAR around four o'clock yesterday 4 30 maybe yeah. And then I proceeded to watch NASCAR for like another three hours. I have heard so many people that are, are in the same situation as you are, Meredith, where like, there's obviously nothing else going on and people are now tuning into NASCAR. And I think Bubba Wallace has a lot to do with it. And also like NASCAR's just their stance on this whole issue. I applaud them for speaking out because their base is obviously most likely not Black Lives Matter um, people. And, and you know, I think you can give them some criticism because why did it take them so long? But listen, they're changing. They're making, they're making an effort to be different and be anti-racist. And the fact that they are rally, rallying around um, Bubba, like, I love to see that. And, and someone tweeted this yesterday, but they said... NASCAR has done more for Bubba Wallace in the past few weeks than the NFL did for Colin Kaepernick the last four years. And that's just another reminder that that, that's a problem. Like the NFL had a chance four years ago to have these discussions and to bring race and oppression and racism to the forefront Mm -hmm. and to make it a conversation. And instead it became a narrative that was about being unpatriotic. So mm-hmm. 
Um, I know that there was breaking news prior to coming onto the show about the noose that was left in his garage that the FBA, or sorry, the FBA, the FBI um, confirmed that it had been there since 2019 and that it wasn't a hate crime. Um, so I haven't had a chance to read all of those details. I don't know if you guys have or if anyone well, that is I'm watching along like, with us. Why was there a noose? And like, they're like, oh, no, it had nothing to do with Bubba Wallace. Okay, but still, why was there a noose? That, like, <laughs> so what they're saying is that like is, a normal thing? No, yeah, it's I, not normal. So I actually did read up on some of the details. Um, they were saying that it was a rope on the garage to help pull it open and close. I don't know if you've ever had to manually open and close a garage before. Oh, I okay, have. Yeah, yeah. It's uh -huh. a pain in the ass. And so having a rope up there helps you pull the door down. So yeah. that's what they were saying it was for, but someone pointed out, like, why was it tied like a noose? Because you can have a rope attached to the door that doesn't have that knot and is not, you know, in a loop. You can literally just have the rope and then just have, a, like, a, just a regular ball knot at the end, and then you can grab the ball and pull it down. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people were kind of pointing that out. But the thing that I applaud NASCAR for is taking this seriously because mm -hmm. especially for us as women we know how many times has a woman come out with sexual harassment allegations or abuse or rape and then they're immediately vilified they're you know they're not the victim the mm -hmm. the the rapist is the victim it's not believing the women but then NASCAR comes out and says okay this is a problem this is serious and we're going to take it seriously so even though it was not ruled a hate crime, and they're saying that it had nothing to do with Bubba Wallace. They still looked at this and say, okay, well, we're going to take this seriously, and if this is what we think it is, that person is going to immediately be reprimanded. So mm -hmm. I applaud NASCAR for taking, even though it's, as of right now, reported not a hate crime, I applaud NASCAR for taking it seriously. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I mean, NASCAR is doing a hell of a job. They they really are. And you wouldn't expect that. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is NASCAR is the hero that we all needed right now. They have like, one, black, one black man, right? One that's black it. driver. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're going all out as they should. I as just, they should. I I really am going to watch NASCAR. <laughs> like, is it started? Is that is it happening now? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. it's not, not like right now. I think the next race is Sunday. All right. Well, you need to message me and let me know for sure, okay. because I really am going to watch it because okay. I just, I admire everything that they've done. I admire that, you know, their base is who their base is. Like, I'm not going to be mean about it, but we all know what their base is. Um, and they don't care. They're like, no, like we're going to do what's right. It's time. You know, they don't care who they piss off. And yeah. Kudos to them. Go Nat. Uh, Major League Baseball. You could learn a few things <laughs> oh, from NASCAR. Boy. Okay. Well, and and also I think I think NASCAR is looking at this and saying the same thing that that we all said when we were just like you know what fuck it we're going to start saying what we want on our social media. Same thing Baker said. Baker said I'm going to kneel. I don't care how many mm -hmm. fans I lose because when it all comes down to it, you're going to be on the right side of history. You know who yeah. cares about the people that you lose for kneeling during the anthem who cares about the fans that you lose for banning the confederate flag when you're probably going to gain a hell of a lot more like i one of the reasons why i turned on nascar i was like you know what we got we have the, this sport rallying around their lone black driver yeah and you know and I mean, and they they banned their they banned the confederate flag they're very powerful voices in favor of black lives matter so i'm like fuck it i'm gonna watch nascar that's like the second time i've dropped the f-bomb i'm sorry i've had a day 
But I'm just like, it's like, I'm going to watch NASCAR. So, I mean, they're probably going to gain more fans yeah. from the stances that they're taking than the fans that they're losing because, oh, you can't fly a flag that wasn't even the Confederate flag for a, for a union yeah. that lasted four years and then lost. <laughs> I can't even talk about the Confederate flag. It makes I, me so yeah. mad. <laughs> you know what there's some things I oh yeah that's right and you about. did and you did you did live in the south too we both lived in the south what the <laughs> weird thing is that, like so many people fly it in ohio yes for like, sure. what are you doing do yes <laughs> yes i totally yes i mean i i i can't either and and there's a lot from a history standpoint that people think that you shouldn't erase history okay mm-hmm. There is a difference of glorifying acts that were just plain wrong and erasing history. No one's trying to erase history. It happened. We acknowledge that it happened, but we shouldn't be glorifying it. Like, it's it's two very different things. Right. And, yeah, and you know what else? It's weird that people are like, well, you know, you can't, you know, take down these statues and stuff, blah, blah, blah. You're trying to get rid of the history. What about all the history that we didn't learn? Because exactly. I'm a 30-year-old woman who d- had no idea what Juneteenth was until recently. Yes. So why didn't we learn about that stuff? We're Do talking about I? history and how much it matters and blah, blah, blah. You can't take this down because we'll forget about, oh, the South is rising, blah. But, like, all this very important stuff that we just never learned about. It's yes. shocking. Yeah, I, like, I didn't, I never knew about uh, Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I never knew about the Tulsa race riots until recently. I mean, I remember, and I was telling this to someone recently, because they're like, did did you learn about Juneteenth in school? And I remember learning that the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1863. The war ended in, like, April of 1865, and the last slaves weren't freed until June of 1865. I do very specifically remember learning that in school, but I don't ever remember it being called Juneteenth, and they just, it was one of those, like, footnote things of, like, yay, the slaves are freed, but they weren't actually free until June of 1865, but we're gonna move on to America, yeah. blah, blah, blah. you know, like, that's kind of how it was, and, like, I had no idea about the Oklahoma race riot, or, yeah, the Tulsa race riots, like, these are all things that I had no idea, and when you want to talk about banning things without erasing history. Like there's a reason why the swastika is banned in Germany. It's not Mm -hmm. like they're saying, oh, the Holocaust didn't happen. They're just saying um, the Holocaust is a very, very dark mark in our history. And we're not going to build a statue to hit off Hitler in Berlin, you know? Yes. Yes. Totally agree. Um, Well, this feels like the great, a perfect opportunity to promote our black owned business. And um, guys, this week, um, one of my new friends um, on Twitter, and I'm on his site right now. Um, just G, it's at Gem Junior 1008, G E M J R 1008. He is the absolute best. Well, um, I'm so happy that I got to meet him on Twitter. Um, he just launched a clothing line, Alpha Omega Apparel, um, and he shot it over to me. They have a site up that is live right now. Um, it's an urban athletic apparel brand and, um, he's already selling out, which is great, but I also know stressful because he's trying to get more inventory. But, um, if you guys want to support him and his, and his newly formed business, please visit his site at alpha omega gear.com. Um, and they also have a Twitter account at AO apparel. So go follow them, go follow him. He is a gem. Um, and we appreciate you listening to us and, we will support your new business. And guys, go check it out. 
All right. A couple of more topics prior to wrapping this up, but, um, very, very small NBA thing here. Andre Drummond is expected to sign with the Cavs, you guys. And I mean, I guess he'd be stupid not to, right? Because we don't even know if there's going to be a season. We don't know what's happening. They may or may not play next year. Um, but I'm happy about that. I'm a big fan of Andre and I want to see him with the Cavs long-term. Make the Cavs big again. Bring in all the big men. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I've, I've heard a lot of people say that they think the big man is obsolete in the NBA, which is interesting. What? Like everyone wants to go for the small power forward. So I, though I am disappointed that we really didn't get to see what J.B. Bickerstaff was going to do with the Cavs before, you know, sports got canceled. Um, because he was doing a great job with them and they seemed to be listening to him. They seemed to be really gelling together mm-hmm. as a team. Like it really just felt like JB like had his stuff together. So I was yeah. a little disappointed, but yeah, I think, I mean, we were all excited about Andre Drummond coming here in the first place. So now we actually get to see, you know, what he's capable of with the Cavaliers. I'm super excited. And like, this was obviously it was a no brainer. Like he, where oh, are yeah. you gonna go <laughs> is there even gonna be an NBA? are sports even gonna be around next year i mean <sighs> of all of the sports that are going to survive i think nba is probably gonna be one of them um of the sports that may not survive it's probably gonna be baseball baseball's done it was yeah, already dying yeah like even if they do come back in what is it july july 1st or whatever yeah they're supposed to report to training camp july 1st honestly i am now more inclined to put on nascar than i, I was gonna say baseball. we're gonna be like, watching I'm not NASCAR. <laughs> it sounds funny because why would, but no i'm serious like i would i would rather watch nascar right now than major league i don't miss it at all there's nothing about baseball that i miss i'm i'm tired of all of it well and one of the things and this is always one of the selling points that i use especially on this podcast to try and you know make you guys love baseball but one of the selling <laughs> points was always just the the in-person experience and if we get baseball this year, once it returns, there's not going to be any fans. Like it'll be a progressive field. Sure. But it's going to be empty stadiums, empty fields. So, you know, and you're going to be watching it. I mean, I've watched a little bit of the KBO without fans, although I've watched it on mute. So I don't really know how, how it affects it, but yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that really draws people into baseball is that in-person experience and Mm -hmm. between these public fights and just, constant battles over dollars and cents and now we're not even going to get to go to the ballpark and like get a beer and get a hot dog and sit down and you know hang out with friends while while there's baseball going on in the background like that's just not going to happen so they should have honestly just recorded all of the behind the scenes of all these negotiations and made it a reality show because that would have been must watch and then you made it and then yeah then you might have been invested in the actual season but like yeah I just, I, like I said, we had this in the rundown. And I was like, I don't even want to talk about MLB. They don't even deserve to be talked about. <laughs> they should have made like a, a hard knocks with Major League Baseball. Yes. yes. Actually, you know what they should do? It, again, I'm going to say the Major League Baseball should just cancel the rest of the year, rebrand themselves, come back next year where they could, and like in the meantime, do all these little things marketing wise to help, you know, gather interest again. That would be brilliant. There's so many things that Major League Baseball could do differently that they're just not, and they're going to rush this season and it's going to be weird and none of it's going to make any sense. And I like, imagine a, what are they? It's going to be 60 game season. Yeah. Imagine 60 a game 60 and, or yeah. a, a 60 game season. Like, what is that going to look like? You can't even like, you know, baseball's so long and, and it's long for a reason because 
you know, you have these stretches where you're hot and cold and it happens to everyone. And I heard this thing once where it was like, everyone wins 60 games, everyone loses 60 games. It's what you do, you know, with the rest of them. So imagine if there's only 60 games, like that's it. Yeah. A world, someone's going to win a world series with 60 games. Like all of it is just a mess. I say just cancel all of it. Do things in the, in the meantime to, to build your brand again and reintroduce it next year and maybe it'll be better. I don't know. I don't know. But to be commissioner, you need to be commissioner. You need to oust Rob Manfred because you've got like, like, you're better at this than he is. And Meredith, you're going to be, is there a commissioner for NASCAR? Um, I think so. No, but I want to be a you racer. Be a driver. I want to be a driver. I think I'm a good driver. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't know if good qualifies you as like NASCAR good. Though. I know. So there's, I know that na- that driving a NASCAR car is very, very different. Um, instead of feeling like a badass going 80 down the interstate, you're like, Oh, I'm speeding. Uh, their cars go like 200 miles an hour. So it's definitely, you know, learning how to control, a you know, a 3000 pound machine at 200 miles an hour. But I think, I think with the right coach and sufficient practice, I think I could be a good NASCAR driver. Aren't I you support afraid of dying? Yeah. I mean, I always thought you would be a good horse jockey. Have I said horse that jockey? before? No. I don't know. I, <laughs> this is not like for you to take offense to. I, no, you're I'm short. Not. I'm sh- like, I'm short also, but I feel like, I don't know. You, <laughs> Well, you would probably make a better jockey than because you're smaller than I am. You're a lot smaller than I am. Like you're shorter too, but like you're thinner than I am. And like you have to be light. I'm like I'm too thick to be a jockey. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Meredith, <laughs> I am. Like I've got a NASCAR gotta, driver, horse jockey. I could do NASCAR. I think I All could. Right. I support that. I need to find. I need to find somebody who has access to nascar so they can teach me how to drive access to nascar like, <laughs> it's, it's something you have a key fob for <laughs> like a membership card yeah like someone like who has like a fitness like, <laughs> like if they have if they have a car and they have a track and i can practice like i, I guys, really do think have you ever been to like a like a dusty speedway not like uh, a gas station, but like an actual speedway. I ha- no. I've been to I've been to three speedways, and I have not been to a single NASCAR race. Okay, I went to one last year, last summer. Yeah, for the first time ever, and it was like the weirdest experience of my life. Everyone just like there's these <laughs> aluminum bleachers for everyone, and the whole mm-hmm. thing is just so dusty, like. You know, I wear contacts and my contacts are just full of dust by the end of the night. I was wearing black clothes and I was like covered in a layer. But people, this is like a religion to them. Like they camp out there all day just to watch these, I don't know, like it looks like cars that people made themselves. And like they just, (laughs) they're stuck cars. Do they make them? I don't know. That's what they look like. They look like something they found and then they just put wheels on them and now they're riding around. <laughs> I mean, there's more to it than that. I well, mean, because there's got, because like, well, because it has to be capable of going like 200 miles an hour for long periods of time. Like, I did not realize how long a NASCAR race is. Because also, like, 
when you go on a road trip, like when you drive somewhere, like what's your go-to? Like you might listen to a podcast or you might listen to music. And so that was my thought yesterday when I was watching the last uh, round of Talladega, I was like, what podcast would I listen to <laughs> while I'm in the car for four hours? Ours, driving, hello. Yes, yeah. driving, two, driving 200 miles an hour. <laughs> That's how I listen to our podcast on my yes. way to work. Um, right. But no, the only time, so I've been to, I've been to Daytona, I've been to Indianapolis and I've been to Bristol. Um, Indianapolis, I went to the museum. Daytona, I went because my parents um, would vacation down there when I was in high school. So we'd go down and we checked out the speedway, but there wasn't a race going on. And then when I went to Bristol, it was when Virginia Tech played Tennessee at the Battle of Bristol. So, it was, so I went to a college football game at, uh, at a racetrack, which was really weird and a lot of fun. And I don't remember a lot of it because I was drunk for like 12 hours straight, but it was really fun. It was cool. And yeah, like when you're talking about like the aluminum bleachers and just everything being dusty, like that's one of the few things that I remember. Oh yeah. About well, we're, we're going to go to Sharon Speedway sometime this summer, ladies, to watch Okay, race. let's let's do it. Well, yeah, because I, I have to start watching now because I'm going to be an NASCAR driver. I'm yes. going to get into it. Bree, <laughs> bring, like, bring the kids. We'll make a whole day of it. Oh boy. Oh boy. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, guys, get him started. Get him started young, and great. then maybe maybe Layla will be a driver too. No, can... no, no, no. <laughs> She's so cautious. No way. Maybe Early. little dude. Maybe little the, dude. You think little dude would be like, yeah, mom, I won't go two hundred miles an hour. Under, he's reckless. Yes, <laughs> reckless. All right, ladies. Well, this was a fun show. I think we will. Uh, should we wrap it up? Nearing on ten o'clock. Yeah. Thanks to everyone yeah. who tuned in with us live. If you did not catch us live, we will hopefully be going live again um, here next week. But for those that can and will, please subscribe to us um, on Apple, iTunes, um, Spotify, or Stitcher. Make sure that you rate us and review us um, so that we can keep doing these podcasts and be sure to tune in next week. We will hopefully see you guys live next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.